0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We are actually in November. Crazy enough, it seems like this football season is absolutely flying by. We are in week nine now. I am Scott Jensen, joined today as usual by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We thank them for that sponsorship. Also, if you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us every week uh, or the other football podcast during the week, and if you could leave some uh, a bunch of stars, a nice review, that does go a long way towards helping the podcast, long way towards helping people find the podcast, which is uh, obviously uh, very important also. Uh, Andrew, the 49ers are 8-0. It's, uh, it's helping me a little bit deal with Steph Curry's broken hand. Oh, that was so killer,
2: and you were very... Nervous last night that you were going to lose Steph Curry and George Kittle, but
1: I was. Kittle's yeah, Kittle got hurt in like the first play of the game. I was like, "What did I do wrong this week that someone's cursing me?"
2: Yeah, thankfully Eric Paschal's there to just clean everything up for the Warriors. <laughs> hey,
1: when you when, I think it was like seven for seven, and I, I thought about you It was great.
2: Yeah, twenty points, man, in his first start. I mean, uh, I I've been pumping uh, Eric Paschal to you for a few months now, so it's it's nice to see him uh, actually get some playing time because. You know, with rookies, you never know. And when you go to a team like the Warriors, that's, like, usually not a recipe for a lot of playing time. But it was kind of the perfect storm for him, and hopefully
1: they can stay afloat. Yeah, the playing time is uh, not going to be a problem anymore.
2: <laughs> uh, hopefully but, uh, hopefully, you'll look at him and see, like, man, this guy would have the playing time
1: even if everybody was healthy. So, I, I certainly hope so. And before everybody kills us for talking about basketball, oh, yeah, we will so. flip to uh, week nine in the NFL uh Interesting from a DFS angle. The, the slate is about as short as it gets. We've got uh, – we have four teams on by. We have the Falcons, Bengals, Rams, and Saints on by. Then we have four standalone games because there's a one of the early morning London games. The uh, the Jags and Texans are playing in London. Uh, the 49ers and Cardinals we mentioned uh, played last night. 49ers won that game 8-0. Uh, Patriots at the Ravens. Uh, interesting, really good game on Sunday night. And the yeah. Giants uh, Giants and Cowboys on, uh, on Monday night. So we only have 10 games on the slate. And some people uh, don't like that. I tend to like those slates. I think it's one of those things we really – have to dig in. There's no, there's less easy plays, there's less obvious plays, there's less games to pick from, but uh still a lot of intrigue on the slate. I think you know we've got uh, we have some really high, toll, a couple of really high tolls We have the the Lions, the Raiders is a uh, over under a fifty and a half. Uh, Raiders minus two. Uh, you know the Lions average the most combined sla- snaps of any team in the league. You take uh, you take the the two teams combined, how many snaps are per game? The Lions are actually number one. I was surprised by that. Huh,
2: that is pretty surprising. I would assume it would be the Cardinals just trying to hurry everybody up, but.
1: Yeah. I guess not. And then uh, we've got uh, we got the Buccaneers at Seattle. Seattle fair by four and a half over under 51 and a half. Uh, those are the two games over 50. Either of those games uh, you love as a, as a big stack game as we go forward?
2: Uh, I, I definitely like both of them, actually. Um, that that Buck seahawks game, I think, was six a little earlier. So that's that's tightening
1: tightening a little bit. But both of them have... I'm, I'm really not sure why, though. I, I think, that's I, what I was I, I kind of like Seattle in that game, too. I, I guess they figure Seattle's defense is not quite the same, and Tampa can score a little bit.
2: Uh, I mean, that's... Really, the only explanation I can, I can think of. Uh, but it, but still, I mean, I, I don't know if there's that much of a difference between them uh, in between six and four and a half that it would be moving that much. That that six was like I didn't think six was all that high. Um, but yeah, they maybe, both. Uh, have
1: – maybe Vegas loves Jameis Winston just as much as you do.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, no, I think both of those games are are really fun to stack, and it's unfortunate that like we have this shorter slate because it's they they are the obvious ones. But just the way the prices are broken down on the sites that it's kind of easy to get the guys at least that you want um, because we have some values elsewhere.
1: I look forward to hearing about your values for sure. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I had some, but I don't know if they. That may jump down. It, it, depends, it depends on injury too, yes. as, as we'll get to in a bit. Uh, the the other two games that are they're kind of higher than others. We have the Packers at the Chargers. Green Bay favored by three and a half over under forty eight and a half. I actually kind of like that game as a sneaky snack mm-hmm. game. A stack game, not a snack game. Uh, I think if the Chargers can somehow find a way to score some points, that could that could get in a back and forth game pretty uh, pretty easily. And then the, the one that's kind of up in the air is the Vikings at the Chiefs. Uh, right now, Kansas City is favored by two, but it's off the board in most places because we're waiting to hear on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, kind of seems like the, the needle's uh, moving a little bit towards him playing right now. The over-under there is 48. I assume that will jump a little bit, as will the line if he plays. But uh, how do you like that game if Mahomes plays? Seems like a, it seems like a fun game if, if he does play.
2: I'm, <clears throat> I'm like 95% convinced he's not playing, and this is okay. all like just having – um, having the Vikings have to prepare for Mahomes to play, uh, just and then he won't. But uh, that's, I don't know. It seems like it was a very, what looked like a very serious injury then turned out to be not quite serious, but he's obviously missed a few games. Um, and I don't know. I, I will probably stay away just because I tend to be a little safer in terms of injuries like
1: that. So You mean uh, planning for Mahomes is different than planning for Matt Moore? Slightly. Slightly
2: different. Slightly different.
1: Yeah, I I I, I, I definitely thought that last week when they were talking about, I was like, there's no way to play. I've moved a little bit towards it this week, but I mean, they still have a what do they have? They have a game and a half lead in the West. Uh, You know, no other team in the AFC West is over 500. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't I don't think they can beat Minnesota without Mahomes. So there there is that. But I just I think if they were like three and five, maybe push them a little bit. But five and three. With nobody else in the division over 500, I think I'd wait another week on someone who's that important to your success.
2: Yeah, the, the benefit we do have is that it seems like the rest of the Chiefs are priced as if he's not going to play. And so if he does play, um, it feels like all of the receivers become values because they, they should be much higher if, if with a fully um, healthy Mahomes.
1: Yeah, and obviously throw you throw Travis Kelsey in there too. I yep. think that uh, I think there will be a, a lot of chief stacks uh, that, that that pop up if we find out on, on Sunday morning that Mahomes is playing.
2: Right, one of those popular sneaky stacks that everybody thinks are uh, so sharp uh, on.
1: Yeah, that you hear about seven thousand times on Twitter is everybody's uh, everybody's new idea of what to do this week. Exactly, exactly. I love those. Those always crack me up. Uh, on the low total, we have a couple of games that look pretty gross in terms of uh, scoring. We have two games that are under 40. Uh, we have the Redskins at the Bills, which sounds uh, every bit as gross as it probably is. Mm-hmm. Buffalo by fared by 9.5 in that game. So obviously the, the, the implied total on the Redskins is especially low, over under 37. Uh, Washington has run 41 plays in back-to-back games. They're the first team to run 41 or fewer plays in back-to-games since the AFL and NFL merged in 1970. Oh. <laughs>
2: i did see that stat i saw the 41 back-to-back i didn't realize bonkers
1: like it that, that it's a, I, I and one of them was the monsoon game with the 49ers yeah. and i get that the four years defense but back-to-back games for fewer plays i mean that's just just about impossible to get fancy stats when that happens it uh,
2: yeah that's it, it makes one of those games where you're like maybe the jets aren't so bad oh you have you still have those games huh yeah every, every <laughs> week is one of those games
1: well, uh, this week is uh, one of those games where maybe the Jets won't be so bad. They're favored this game, this game on the road.
2: I think they lose this game.
1: No, they don't. Really? they do, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Ryan Fitzpatrick playing for Miami, they're definitely you know, a little more dangerous. Uh, they were up 14 nothing on the Steelers last week. I actually had Pittsburgh in my survivor pool, and I was, I was working, and I wasn't able to watch the game. And I looked up, and it was 14 nothing. I was like, I can't believe I'm losing to Miami. <laughs> and I looked up, and Pittsburgh ran off 27 straight to end the game. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game? Oh god. You would
2: think Adam Gase like knows a little bit about the guys that he left, but
1: um I think by the have... way, I think I think Adam Gase is horrible.
2: I completely Sorry. agree with you. Um I I have felt this way the entire time though. Like I when they were talking about hiring him, the only uh positive about hiring Gase was that they didn't hire Mike McCarthy. Like that was it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it it just seemed like a weird like I don't know what People look at his resume and are like, yeah, he should be a head coach in the NFL. And so um, there were just, I don't know. I, I, it feels like the, the success he had as a quarterback coach in Denver with Peyton Manning is what has been the foundation of his head coaching possibility, which is insane. Like because, this guy didn't because like
1: Pey- Peyton Manning's probably calling all those plays anyway. This guy didn't like
2: groom Peyton Manning. Like, give me a break. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing here? And so, uh, all of the um, all of the reasons to be hesitant on Gase have come true. Um, they the Jets have before him had like a long line of like defensive coaches, which um, wor- you know works early and then eventually guys get tired tired with it. And right. so they, the Jets were like, no, let's hire an offensive guy. And they, I feel like they hired the worst one they could, other than McCarthy.
1: There are, there, are only, uh, there are only two teams in the NFL who haven't scored 80 points this year. There's only two teams in the NFL who have a minus 100 or more point differential. And they're both the Jets and Dolphins playing each other this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Jets also lead the league in quarterbacks with mono. And so I want to, like, <laughs> give some um, something to that. Uh, I don't know. I just... this. This is a classic, uh, I don't even want to call it a letdown game for the Jets, but like this is a classic kind of game that they would lose, that um, being a three-point favorite on the road is kind of insane for a team. Like, that's more about how bad the Dolphins are, but like there are probably not many other teams that would be slow, like smaller favorites than the Jets at Miami.
1: Miami fans must have loved Kenyon Drake looking electric oh last night against one of the one of the best defense in the NFL. Kenyon Drake looked awesome last yeah, night with did. the Cardinals. He did, yeah, yeah. He, making great cuts and looking fast. And it was you just wonder how how he couldn't even get on the field. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, you
2: know who had Kenyon Drake and never used him?
1: I'm gonna go with Adam Gaze for 200. There you go. Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's uh, you gotta James hope has maybe. Maybe if the Jets struggle enough, they can get rid of him quick, but I just, I don't see him winning there. I just, I, I, I'm not a fan at all.
2: You can stack this game.
1: I, I kind of don't hate it.
2: I posted in our discord that everybody should just uh, unregister from the Millie maker because of this Jets Dolphins lineup that I made.
1: Uh, yeah, I like some plays in there. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to stack it, but I do like some plays in there for sure. Especially in the wide receivers as we'll get to, uh, other, other game that uh, is under 40 points. We have the Browns at the Broncos. The Broncos are starting someone named Brandon Allen at quarterback. It appears, uh, <laughs> How many Allens are there in this league? There now are three Allens out of 32 quarterbacks. There's Josh, Kyle and Brandon. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. Uh, it makes it really confusing for me when I'm talking about players, but mm-hmm. uh, besides that, uh, Denver games are averaging thirty-four point five total points per game. That uh, that's crazy low. And they just got rid of their second best receiver. Uh yeah, that they, they did. Emmanuel Sanders is not there anymore. Uh, Cleveland fared by four over on a thirty-nine. I think Cleveland. Uh, I think Cleveland is going to be a get well spot for them. I think they roll pretty good in this game.
2: I, that is a sentiment I have seen um, in other places. Mostly, I actually saw one where it's not good enough if the Browns win; they have to win and look good doing it.
1: <laughs> well there is that they are they are two and five but uh they better get hot pretty soon if it's going to matter.
2: Yeah, I mean this yeah, exactly. That's exact. That's the read right there. Like they this is the game they need to start winning.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of the overall slate. We have a lot of games in the middle, but you know, with ten games on the slate, one of those games we're gonna find some a couple of games that are gonna you know bounce a little bit. I like Packers and Chargers for me that game that I think that bounces in the fifties. Uh, but hopefully, we can find some other games in the middle who that, that do the same. Do you have anybody uh, before we get into positions? Any games that you uh, kind of in that middle range you think are gonna bounce more than others? Uh,
2: no, I think the the one you said was right. I, I just don't see like Colts Steelers and Bears Eagles like really going off just because. Um, the the Bears' offense is just so inept at this point. Even if the the Eagles' defense is pretty bad, and then it's just tough to like get really excited about Colts Steelers given the uh, the guys on the field. So I'll probably avoid those games at least for the players I'm paying up for.
1: It's funny we we mentioned Adam Gaze. You mentioned the Bears. I think Matt Nagy might be uh, might be sneaky really bad too.
2: Yeah, that's a good good observation.
1: And and really grumpy all the time too. Really really grumpy. Um, yeah, he's just one of those grumpy. coaches who makes condescending, a decision like yeah. yes
2: yeah like he hasn't earned the condescension yet which is uh, yeah
1: like if you win six super bowls bill belichick you can probably be as condescending as you want but yeah. matt naggy uh, you haven't you have not earned that right yet. yeah
2: that one was that last week or two weeks ago with the kneel down instead of running the ball yeah. and just like it's one of those people that like they make a decision and like that's it and there's yeah. no zero
1: zero percent chance of thought of doing anything else i'm like right. well that's not that's not a good way to look, look at anything in life anything right, right. yeah let alone a football yeah yeah uh, so before we jump into uh, players and positions, uh, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and the perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It is easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes, even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away with the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So I think running back, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense to talk about the first two guys. There's a very clear top tier at the running backs this week. We have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we have our first guy who hit 10,000 on DraftKings. He's 9,700 on FanDuel. And then we have Dalvin Cook at Kansas City, the game we mentioned earlier, uh, 9,500 on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel. How are you feeling about the elite top tier this week? Um...
2: I mean, it seems when I was going through like all the positions, it was a week where it felt the opposite of last week. Where last week we were like, there's so many plays you could go this way, blah, blah, and there were really not that many guys I want to play this week. Um, like when you go in uh, and you're you know filling out a dummy lineup, and you're like, all right, well let me get the guys in that I want, right, and like. I don't even look at price or matchup with McCaffrey anymore. I just like put them in and be like, what can I do with McCaffrey? And then I'm like, Oh, Dalvin cook. All right. Let me put both of them in and like, see what happens. And I'm like, all right, who else do I want to play? And I pretty much like went through the entire player pool and (laughs) didn't add anybody else. And I was like, all right, well, um, I I don't think this is necessarily a week where you play both of them. I think you could, you can though. Um, I
1: was gonna say how, how did it, did it work at all playing both of them? So the, do you have to go, you have to go like Derek Carr to get him in? Um,
2: we'll get to Derek Carr in a little bit. Um, I figured we would. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to play Derek Carr, but he sure is helpful. Uh, okay. So I think it's one of those weeks where there aren't cheaper guys who like jump out. Uh, there's one. There's one. Uh, and we'll, yeah. and he might not even, it might not even work out. So uh, when you look at the, you know, we have this lower, this um, smaller slate. Obviously the player pool is smaller so like that's part of the reason why we don't have like the so many guys that we want to play. but it just felt like everyone that we've have been going to um, has some issues like Chris Carson's playing against this Bucks de- defense that's been like awesome against the, the run yep. and then um, we've got some injuries that like could open some things up but like if Josh Jacobs doesn't play like he has a decent matchup but I don't know if I want to keep going down from there Aaron Jones could open up. Jamal Williams, but it's like, uh, I guess I could play that. And you just keep going down. And um, it's very clear that from a raw point perspective, like nobody holds a candle to McCaffrey and Cook. And so I don't know if I end up going there, but if somebody, if I see some cash lineups with McCaffrey and Cook in it and a bunch of garbage elsewhere, uh, I'm not gonna fault anybody because the non-garbage guys really aren't that great either.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think, um, I think I'm think i going to start a line alliance with Dalvin Cook this week. I think I like him a little more than McCaffrey. Uh, $500 less and then facing this Chiefs D. I mean, Cook leads the NFL in runs of five yards or more, and the Chiefs D is allowing the most uh, percentage of runs of uh, five or more yards at 44.3% of the carries allowed to go for five or more yards on them, which is a crazy number. Wow. Um, he's done really well in every good matchup. He has a couple of down games, but they were kind of like obvious matchups when you look at it. But 98 plus yards in six of eight games, four touchdowns the last three weeks. Aaron Jones absolutely killed this Chiefs defense last week. Granted, a lot of that was in the in the past game, but still, they are primed to be lit up. And I, I think the key with Cook is that it's a nice game script for me, even if Mahomes plays. Like if Mahomes plays, it turns into a shootout. Dalvin Cook's gonna be involved in that. If Mahomes doesn't play and the Vikings get up, then you got to you know him running the ball in the second half is a good thing too. So I think he's kind of a I don't think the game shift really worries me. I mean, maybe if they get way behind the Chiefs, but I don't think that's going to happen. I love Dalvin Cook this week. You know, obviously he's priced as if everybody loves him, and and that's not saying a ton. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm going, I'm going Cook over McCaffrey this week. Wow.
2: McCaffrey against the 49ers didn't show you that he's just the best player in the NFL.
1: Dude is awesome. Went to Stanford. I love him. But if I have to make a decision, I, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I just love both and go with that. I'm going Cook over McCaffrey this week. I don't think that McCaffrey's a bad play. Um, you know Tennessee's only, uh, only only has not allowed any running back to go over 85 yards yeah. this year, and the, the 82 was a fluky. Uh, Jordan Wilkins had like one big play. plays, five for 82. Uh, but McCaffrey's only had one bad game all year. Even though he had a low low yardage game against Tampa Bay, but he scored twice. He was 14 of 117 against the Niners. D. I mean, the dude is awesome. But if I if I make a decision, I think I will this week. I don't think I'm gonna play both. I'm going Cook.
2: I agree with you. after all that I actually do
1: after all that ribbing and making me feel bad Mm -hmm. you agree no I just I
2: think we had to explain why we thought one was better than the other
1: I think so too and I think that uh, you know I don't like when people say oh I like both of them and move on I I think that you know you get sometimes you're gonna have to make a decision and I'm gonna make a decision this week I'm not gonna play both so uh, that's that's my call between the two I think
2: I think it sounds
1: nuts but I think you're you might be better off playing neither of them than both oh interesting well let's let's jump down in that uh you know, we kind of jumped out in the seven thousands for the next range. There's definitely it's a, a, big, big, it's a gap big gap between yeah. <laughs> big gap between we We've got the the names that I think are interesting in the in the seven thousands are Nick Chubb at Denver. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Jones at the Chargers, and then uh, I'm probably going to lean on you on this one. But we've got you've got Le'Veon Bell at Miami. You know, a, a perfect matchup, but. Uh he is not uh, not looked good, not touched the ball. He has sixteen or fewer touchers the last three weeks. Miami's allowing 181 total yards per game to running backs. I mean they're just, just getting lit up. I mean if not now with Levy on Bell, then when?
2: <laughs> I, I pretty much wrote that in my article that like the only okay. <laughs> time where the only better situation for Bell this season is home against Miami as opposed to at Miami. Like the, right. this is That's it. the only thing. And uh, if you're if you don't play Bell now, you're not gonna play him. That doesn't mean like you have to ever play him but like this is the spot um and the efficiency has been horrific uh it's Four. not his fault like when they there were talks that the the jets were shopping him around the trade deadline everyone's like oh i can't believe they g-, and they gave him this huge contract now they're trying to get rid of him and it's like he for somebody who got like such a bad negative rap for holding out last year he like came into new york with with this there was this thought that like, you know, he's this prima Donna football player. He has been like great for how horrible the situation has been. And he just like, keeps going out there and he keeps taking his, getting his carries, getting his 2.3 yards because the line can't block anybody. Um, But the, there's nobody else who's getting these touches. Like there's not a situation where like, Oh, they're going to stop using bell. Like um, he has 108 rushing attempts this season. Which are 90 more than the other running backs combined.
1: <laughs> wow, on that that's team. wild. Yeah, that is that's that's amazing.
2: Five running backs in the NFL have been targeted more than Bell. Like, it's not like he's not getting involved at all. Like, he is it. And
1: so, I mean, you watch the game. Does it look? Is it just the line, or does he not look good to you either when he does get the does get does get the ball?
2: It's one of those things where like he can he can break tackles, but he can't break five of them, and right. that's the problem. Like. There's just no re- I mean, obviously, the, the multiple games without Darnold hurt significantly because there was no reason for any defense to give Luke Falk any credit. And yeah. so you just have stack boxes for Bell. And Gase is so bad at figuring out ways to get Bell the ball other than just handing it off to him or these short little dump-offs in desperation. And so you need, like, a really bad defense uh, in front of him in order to get him his opportunities
1: and that's what we have this week. I was going to say that's what we have. I, you, you mentioned him breaking five tackles. I don't think Miami has five guys who can tackle, so we're good.
2: Perfect. Like this again. This is like the situation that you're you're faced with. And so, um, just the the other guys in the range. I mean, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is really frustrating because it feels like anytime he he can have a good game, uh, Jamal Williams could have one also. Like, and he's banged yep. up. So I just for cash games at least. It, Jones just seems too risky for me. Um, Carson, I have no interest against uh, against Tampa. Um, I mean, Tampa has held Christian McCaffrey. To, I think it was sixty-eight rushing yards in two games. Um, and yeah, I think, no
1: one, no one has over seventy-five yards on them all year.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's very odd because they're. I mean, they're just so one-sided. Uh, and so um, now, if you're in this range, you're looking at like Nick Chubb who is fine like at Denver and you know, we think this is a game that they should win and um, they're going to rely on him. But um, I don't know. I just continue to think that bell is slightly better just because of the matchup.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, on DraftKings, uh bell is uh 400 more than Chubb on FanDuel. Chubb is 1100 more than bell. Wow. Yeah. Well, bell is, there, uh, man. Like, yeah. Bell's all the way down to 7,000 and Chubb's up to 8,100 on FanDuel. I think I, uh, I think I definitely like Belmore on Fandle, but on DraftKings, uh, Chubb's interesting to me is 99 plus uh 99 or more yard total yards in five straight games should be a nice game script as you mentioned. Uh they did give up 76 76 yards and a touchdown uh, to to uh, Marlon Mack last week, but the Denver uh defense has been pretty good, you know, hidden in the fact that their their offense is really bad. They've only they haven't they've only allowed one running back to go over 100 yards on them granted it was Leonard Ford who had 225 <laughs> of them, but um, other than that game where they just got absolutely sliced by Fournette, they've been pretty good against the run. Uh, I just think Nick Chubb uh, it just has a lot more upside than Bell. But um, you know, Bell going against Miami, it's a, it's a really tough call with the, with the amount of touches he gets. You know, the work is there. Um, I just think Chubb Chubb is just way more explosive. But they're they're an interesting one this week. I think I, I lean Chubb a little bit, but uh, they're pretty close.
2: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good read. The, the floors are probably pretty similar, but Chubb's upside. I mean. I just,
1: yeah. And I'd even give bell maybe a little bit better of a floor too.
2: Okay. Just
1: That's because true. I, you know, that you know, the pass catches are built in there. somewhere. yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, he has, he has, he has nine targets the last couple of weeks and only for 18 yards. There's not, it hasn't been there, but, um, you got to think against Miami. He's going to find a little bit of uh, a little bit of green to run to. I have to believe that. Like literally I have to. Yeah. You, you, you really have to, <laughs> uh, dropping down in the six thousands. Um, I think there's only a couple names that are interesting. I mean, first, we have Josh Jacobs, who you mentioned, who you mentioned is questionable. If he's ready to go, I love Josh Jacobs yeah. this week. Uh, still pretty low priced on drafting at 6500 He's 7200 on FanDuel. Um, Detroit is bottom five in fancy points allowed to running backs both rushing and receiving, mm-hmm. which seems impossible, but yeah, it, uh, it is the case. Dalvin Cook just absolutely lit them up a couple weeks ago, you know, 25 for 142 and two touchdowns. Saquon last week didn't really kill them, but 143 combined yards and a touchdown uh, definitely did the did the trick. Um, Josh Jacobs has been playing really well. I mean, he has a, he's had a couple of down games where they were losing, but, you know, in games where they're in the game, he's played pretty well. In the last couple of weeks, even when they're losing, he did really well, played really well against uh, against Green Bay in that game that uh, everybody had him for the really low price. Um, I don't see anything wrong with going Jacobs this week against the Lions.
2: I agree. I think the only I think he makes sense in in like non McCaffrey and Cook lineups because um, I I think Chubb and Bell are better um, from a raw point perspective. And like the salary difference. I mean, it's it's decent on on DraftKings from Bell to Jacob with a twelve hundred. But we'll see later on. Like, I'm not sure the twelve hundred is all that helpful when it really comes down to it, as, as weird as that sounds.
1: Yeah, and he's actually more expensive than Bell on FanDuel, which obviously makes it uh, not as much of a play there. But on DraftKings, 6,500, uh, I'm a big Job Jacobs fan this week. The other guy in there I mentioned real quick, uh, we we're talking is Marlon Mack. He's at Pittsburgh uh, hasn't really been big since week one, but the uh, last three weeks he has 20, 21, and 32 touches in the last three games. Uh, no one has gone over 80 rushing yards on Pittsburgh as an individual yet this year. But uh, I think this is a game where Indianapolis is going to win. I, I actually like them to win this game. I think I think Pittsburgh fared by a point uh, at home. Uh, 6,300 on DraftKings, up to 6,900 on FanDuel. But I think on DraftKings, Mac, is, is interesting. I think I like uh, Josh Jacobs more, though.
2: Totally. No, yeah. It's um... – I have no interest in probably not
1: going to play both. So when I I have to go head to head on him, I think I'm going Jacobs.
2: Yeah. Mac wasn't wasn't deep enough in my consideration this week.
1: Dropping down a little bit on on the salary range of DraftKings, we have uh, Derek Henry at fifty seven hundred. Carolina has been struggling against running backs. Uh, Not overly exciting for Henry. Does have seventy five plus yards last three weeks. How do you feel about Henry this week?
2: I was gonna say, you know who hasn't been that exciting is Derek Henry. Like,
1: yeah, it just um, uh, it never really is. Uh, right, he's having those those weird ninety nine yard runs, but otherwise, they just been consistent and solid. And the, the Panthers have allowed seven rush TDs the last three weeks. Yeah. The Niners just, I mean, Tevin Coleman absolutely destroyed them last week and caught a touchdown too, and had three on the ground. Fournette had a big week the game before that. Uh, this Carolina defense is kind of quietly struggling against running backs.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. it he's again, like with Jacobs, he's like close enough to Jacobs where I'd probably go there. And I definitely play Jamal Williams over him if if um, Aaron Jones doesn't play.
1: Yeah, I mean we have a few of those. You know, if they doesn't don't play yeah. this week, uh, that yeah, it's a it's a good segue into into Royce Freeman and Jalen Samuels. Uh, Philip Lindsay is questionable. I think he's leaning towards playing. So yeah. uh, you know, Freeman kind of is not as interesting. You know, he's getting more goal line work the last few weeks, but still sixteen or fewer touches the last four weeks. Uh, for me, I think uh, I think I have to have Lindsay not play to go to Freeman.
2: Yeah, that's the. only they, I actually was starting to get like a little excited about playing Freeman. And then I saw yeah, Lindsay, um, I think he practiced fully on Thursday, but it was like, well, that's out the window now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Obviously the other guys, Jalen Samuels, uh, Benny Snell is out. James Conner did not practice on Thursday, but still is questionable. Uh, Samuels played uh, a decent amount, in only one game this year. He had 10 carries in week four against Cincinnati. He didn't have a touchdown that game, but he only had 26 yards. I uh, did have that 19 for one forty two game last year when Conner was out if Connor does not play, are you going to Jalen Samuels at 4,000 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel? No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> seems like seems like you and everybody else will will have Jalen Samuels if he's the starting guy.
2: Yeah, so when you think of it that way, at least in cash games, like I only play running backs in the flex. And so that leaves me with two running back spots because I know Samuels is one. So you're now looking like, do you want to play McCaffrey, Cook, and Samuels and then have to pay down a lot of places? Do you play Cook, Samuels, and um, Chubb or Bell. Um, do you play Bell, Chubb, and Samuels? But like all of the iterations are like one name, one name, and Samuels.
1: Yeah, and it's funny we talk about how expensive McCaffrey is, but you put McCaffrey and Samuels a pair together. That's fourteen thousand. That's you know suddenly two seven thousand dollars running backs, and you're you kind of solve that situation right
2: there. Yeah, yeah, that makes it sound significantly better. Um, it does. The one guy I want to ask you about. Yep. Not that you're a specific expert on him. But where you stand on him is Melvin Gordon.
1: Uh just no interest at None. all. Really? None. Really? Zero. Okay. Uh I don't think he looks good. I don't like how their offensive line is blocking. I mean, you look at the last four games, I mean, 12 for 31, awesome. 8 for 18, 16 for 32, and 8 for 31. That's <laughs> about as inefficient as you get. And we've already talked about Le'Veon Bell, so that's uh it's even it looks even worse than that. I just I don't know. I think Eckler is. I think Eckler's so much better in the past game that anytime they get in a situation like that, it's going to be Eckler. And I just don't like how their offensive line is blocking right now.
2: I've read, I feel the same way about Gordon, but I've read like a number of things, people writing like, this is why, or, you know, this is like a, it could be a Gordon week. And I, oh, I mean,
1: feel it could like be, it, but I think he's, I think he, what, well, yeah, he probably has to score twice to be really great, though. Yeah.
2: Right? It, all of them just feel like they want to be first. Like when of he course. has, so it, it could have been an article from last week and I just didn't like it just every week. It's the same one. They just changed the matchup. So when they're right, they're right. Um, I mean, he
1: played, he played 25 snaps last yeah. week. It's yeah, it's awful. It's awful. I uh, think Eckler, Eckler's a better player right now. And I, I, I just don't want to go in a situation where I'm, I'm relying on get Gordon to get like two red zone touchdowns.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Um, the, there's two,
1: I, I, I have one more guy for you, but yeah, you go yeah. ahead.
2: Um, I was going to bring up the Philly guys.
1: Uh, that's what, that, that's what I was going to ask you about.
2: Okay. Um, because I, who did the, um, Bears play recently that maybe it was Jacobs when they were in London. And I think I didn't play Jacobs because I was like, well, oh, the Bears defense is like pretty good.
1: It was, uh, it was Latavius Murray.
2: Right. Well, I think I played Murray. I think I learned my... No, oh, it was, you're right. It was
1: Jacob, Jacob's too. Jacob's yeah. week five and Murray week uh, week seven. They week both seven, both yeah. smoked the Bears. Yeah, you're right. Um,
2: so now it's like, all right, well, who does Philly have? I mean, like, the the I tended to go to Jordan Howard, even though Sanders has been so much better on the touches he gets. But, like, the, the touches are just so few. Like, I don't know how you put a guy uh, in a cash lineup that gets, like, hopefully
1: 10 touches a game. Were, uh, the answer to that is you don't. You don't. Yeah, you just play. Uh, he, he played. Thir- he played thirteen plays last week. Jeez. Granted, he had the long touchdown. Yeah. He had you know three carries for seventy yards and three catches forty four yards. But you are banking on him breaking a long play on one of the very very few opportunities he gets. Yeah.
2: But is it do, do his few touches push you off of Howard?
1: Not really, because I think they're so minimal. He's not really taking that much from Howard. Had twenty four touches last week. Uh, you know, he played. Uh, the, like you said, Latavius Murray and Josh Jacobs both had 100 yard plus yards a week. Uh, the weeks before against the Bears, they did play uh, Gordon and Eckler pretty well last week. Um, I think Howard's fine. He's 5100 on DraftKings and 6000 on FanDuel. I just think he's a guy that's very touchdown dependent. You're going to have to get some red zone looks from him. I just don't know if I want to even mess with him against the Bears. I think the Bears probably. I think they tightened up a little bit uh, last week, and they probably need to. They know they need to keep games uh, keep keep games close. So hopefully focusing on that. I just. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't hate Jordan Howard 5,100, but uh, I just think that there's other guys I like more. I mean, I certainly would go down to Samuels or probably up to Josh Jacobs. It's kind of a dead zone in there at 5,000 on DraftKings. There's no, you know there's nobody else that really jumps out, but I don't know. I, a little too touchdown dependent for me, I think.
2: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I I was wrong. There are actually two more I want to talk about, two situations, go. one of go which is it. Buffalo. I think you have to talk about anybody who's home against Washington. Um, yep. But it's kind of a similar situation. We've got split work with a guy, with the guy who is significantly better getting less of the work. Um, like Singletary is at least more expensive than Gore, but is it enough to, for you to like, like I can't imagine anybody is playing Frank Gore and feeling great about it. Like you can see Singletary's upside for, for a GPP, even though the, the touches have been so limited. But in this matchup, like, do you think Singletary is worth looking at?
1: I don't because if you think it's based on the matchup and they get ahead, then I think you're getting get a lot then of Frank Gore time. in the second oh. half. I think he's, Singletary's so game script dependent. If they're losing and they have to, you know, mix it up and throw the ball, I love Singletary, and if they're not, he's just kind of going to not get a lot of work. I mean, yeah. he's had, what, 10 carries the last two weeks and, and four catches, but I think uh, it's so game shift dependent, and unless you think Washington keeps this game close or uh, takes a lead, I, I think that the I think Gore gets more work this week, and I don't want to play Gore either. But I think I'm I think I'm avoid on these two running backs based on the way the game flow uh, plays out.
2: Okay, that's that's fair. Um, and the last one is uh, Mark Walton.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, he, he clearly has, is, is the guy now. I mean, he had played 52 snaps last week against, uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Walton, uh, Walton is more interesting to me than the other, than, than the Buffalo running backs for sure. What is he? He's, uh, he's 4,500 on DraftKings this week, going against the Jets defense. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I like Walton more than Jordan Howard. How about that?
2: Okay. Let, let me, let me uh, rephrase the question. Go. Let's say yeah. you have a lineup that you like with Samuels. And it turns out that Connor is going to play. Would you just put Walton into Samuels' spot and keep everything else?
1: Uh, yeah, I have no problem with that. I like that he got six targets last week. I like that uh, he had over 10 carries. I think, the, I think the work is going to be there. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think there's enough volume there for me to play him uh, if, if Samuels doesn't play.
2: And would you—see, you so you, are, you ch- already chose Chubb over Bell. But like, would you play Bell and Walton together?
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I like some receivers in that game, so I don't. I probably, uh, I probably won't do it. But yeah, I don't have a problem playing both those guys and think that uh, they get a little bit back and forth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't think that game is going to get so out of hand on either way that the running backs will be irrelevant anyway. But do you think
2: it's possible the game is six three? Uh, I don't. I think the defenses are too horrible for that. <laughs> okay.
1: One. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I I, I I think the offenses obviously aren't good, but I think that uh, the offenses can do enough that I don't I don't think six three is in play. I mean, I think 17-14 is in play, but I still think it's gonna be higher than that. Um, but no, I don't I don't think six three is I don't think six three a problem. Okay, okay. Fifteen. Miami, if Miami holds someone at six, we've got a weird situation. Mm-hmm.
2: That's true. That's true. Yeah,
1: I I think I think the the Jets have enough weapons there that it, that doesn't worry me. Let's hope so. Uh, so let's let's jump to uh, quarterbacks and receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, World Fantasy Sports. Already knocked out of your survivor pool? Did you end up losing early in the season, feeling your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there was some alternative where you can use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses. Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first of its first of its game type, stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you'll use your fancy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. You achieve that stat line and you advance. Simple as that. Fail to and you're eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's that, it's just that simple. Sign up today. Sign up today at WorldFantasyPools.com and enjoy your experience. So, Andrew, uh, I don't think quarterback is uh, something we need to talk about uh, too much. I think there's uh, there's not a ton of guys that I'm super interested in. Uh, at the top, I think there's kind of an easy three that people are going to go to. I think it's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. 7,100, 6,900, and 6,800 on, on, on DraftKings. Uh, how do you feel about these uh, top three? And do you agree with me that these are kind of the, the top three options this week?
2: I think they are, but I okay. think uh, – and I wrote this in my article that – the Rogers and Stafford on DraftKings are so close in price to Wilson that I don't know why you wouldn't just play Wilson.
1: Uh, That's kind of how I felt. Usually I I write names down and then I kind of go through their stats and look at the stuff, and then I usually put the prices in because I don't want that to impact me, and I I agree. I think they're so close. At Fandle, they're a little more separated. Uh, Wilson's 8,600, Stafford's 7,900, but uh, I tend to agree uh, you know, this may be a nice volume week for Russell Wilson. The, the, the risk with him is always that they get ahead and they run the ball 700 times in the second half. I think Tampa Bay should be able to score enough that uh, that isn't 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 the case. Uh, you know, he only had 20 passes last week. They were leading the Falcons. But Tampa Bay's allowed nine touchdowns the last three weeks to Ryan Tannehill, Kyle Allen, and Teddy Bridgewater. Hardly murderers row there. Oof. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, th- this is... a about as good as you'll get for this for Wilson. Um yeah. you're saying and it's a team that,
1: that you know, has has really played well against the run too. We got to yep. add that yep.
2: too. Yeah, and I think even if you go further down and I, I don't think Cousins is as good although the matchup is fine and I think after that it's um it gets a little dicey. Uh it's they're, hilarious they're just
1: also close in price, Yeah. But it, it's hard to it's hard to really jump down to cut. You save 400 from Wilson to Cousins. I like Cousins this week too, but um, I don't know. I I think I like Dalvin Cook so much. It's hard for me to go Cousins, but it's just it's 400 from Wilson to Cousins or 200 from Rogers Cousins. It just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Right, and I will never pay 6,500 for Josh Allen. Um,
1: nope. I mean, so, just to say, every week he's you know pretty good floor, very little upside. I just that doesn't excite me in, in DFS.
2: Right, and then then you're kind of like way down. Like if if you just take Allen out of the equation, um, the jump from Cousins at 6,700 to Winston at 61. And then as soon as you see Sam Darnold <laughs> this high, and you're just like, wow, the, there are really no quarterbacks on the slate. And as you keep going, it like gets uglier and uglier. The one that was surprising to me um, was how low Philip Rivers was. Um, 5,100 in a game that like, if they have to score some points to keep up with Green Bay,
1: that seems cheap to me. It does. I have a, I have a, a big jump, and I have Car and Rivers to talk about at the bottom. I was really surprised by his DraftKings price. Why I don't get why he's fully fifty one hundred. I mean, last week uh, he only had one touchdown, but had three hundred twenty yards and over and, and multiple touchdowns in the two weeks before that. In a game that I think could get a little spicy points wise. Uh, I don't love how Philip Rivers looks, you know, throwing the ball and all that, but. He still gets it still gets it done to a decent amount especially the you know two of the last two weeks. I think that that is way underpriced. Uh, I looked at Carr and it jumped out to me like in a game that has a high total but I think I go Rivers for 400 dollars less.
2: Carr's been really good recently. Um
1: the last last two weeks he's been very good. Yeah, yeah.
2: So but so this Rivers situation like it's probably going to be a Packers home game. Like the Chargers uh, get no,
1: there. You could take probably out of that sense, Right. Uh, right. Uh, it'll be 85% Packer fan.
2: Right. And, but you know, whatever they're used to not really being a home team despite playing at home. But like, if right. you went into a week and you're like, so rivers, you can have rivers for less than Kyle Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. And you, if I was like, would you take that? You're like, of course, like who yep. cares what the matchup is? Like, There's no way that he should be in this group. $100 more than Trubisky and uh, Mason Rudolph. Like, this is just insulting. Um, So I think Rivers could be like, I don't want to call him popular in cash because like, um, I think enough people will pay up for for Wilson. Um, And I think Carr, I think the, the argument for Carr, like all things being equal, names crossed out I think you would go to Carr but that's I mean Rivers is underpriced for what he can do
1: yeah I mean way underpriced I, I was really surprised by that number I mean Carr you mentioned 5500 on DraftKings $7,300 on FanDuel uh, nice game script. Obviously, we talked about this Raiders, uh, this Raiders Lions game. Uh, Carl was pretty gross until the last couple weeks. He has gone 293 for two and 285 for three the last two weeks. But I mean, I, the key here is game script and then the Detroit defense. I mean, they allowed 322 yards and four touchdowns to Daniel Jones last week. Yeah three hundred thirty seven to four touchdowns to Kirk Cousins two weeks before that. Um, so I think it's, it's a game script. It's a matchup dependent thing. But fifty five hundred for car um, just allows you to do a lot of other stuff at positions.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're at home for the first time since what was it? Week two. It um, is the
1: fr- they did not play at home in the whole month of October.
2: Right. And so I don't know how much that really matters, but I'll convince myself it matters a bunch when I inevitably play Derek Carr in cash.
1: If you uh, if you have ever sat in the black hole, uh, being there really matters because most of you're just fearing for your life. <laughs> Um I have uh, I have sat there my cousin used to have tickets like two rows behind the goalpost. Uh, genuinely afraid to do anything but say go Raiders. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it like it actually is a scary environment if you're not rooting for the Raiders. I would not go in there with a opposing team's jersey no matter how much I love an opposing team. <laughs> and now they're going to Vegas. Uh um, now they're going to Vegas. I was just there. The, the stadium looks pretty nice. It's almost done. Oh wow. I mean, not almost done, but it looks like I mean, the yeah, whole the, the there, whole like yeah. circular thing is is built. It it it, it looks like it's uh going to be pretty nice, but uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of the weird thing about it that, um, you know, I mostly play cash games and looking at the quarterbacks. It was like, all right, I, I think Stafford and Rodgers are fine. I, will, I think Wilson is worth the 300 more. And then I skipped everyone down until Carr. And I think it really comes down to Carr or Wilson, which is not something I ever thought I'd be saying.
1: So if you want to uh, pay up a little bit, but you want to have, uh, you know, maybe not go with Russell Wilson, do you have a preference between Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford this week?
2: Um, I, I went to Stafford just because uh, the Raiders' defense is, is pretty bad. Not that like the Chargers are an elite team at this point, but um, I favored Stafford a little bit, um, but that's what made me feel a little weird about it because I'm like, wow, I like both quarterbacks in this game and one of the teams is the Raiders. So I was like... <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean that, like we said, like that game is very easy to stack and you can do it with either quarterback. Obviously Carr lets you pay up a little more, but, um, no, there's a recipe for that being a fun game.
1: Yeah, I, I agree there. And I think a lot of people will stack Raiders, Lions, and uh, and Buck Seahawks. So I think maybe, that, like I mentioned earlier, the Packers-Chargers stack. It's a little fun to me because I think it'll be a little less owned than the other ones. Uh, just for fun, the last five quarterbacks the Chargers have faced, Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, Devlin Hodges, Joe Flacco, and Josh Rosen. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to look a little bit different there back to them? Wow.
2: That's, yeah. uh, yeah. And Rodgers, Devontae Adams back.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to play. Uh, Rodgers has caught fire last recently, 10 touchdowns the last three weeks, 280-plus yards in all three of those games. The last good quarterback the Chargers faced was uh, week three, Deshaun Watson. He went for 351 and three touchdowns. The only concern I have with Rodgers is, 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 is can the Chargers score enough to keep them throwing the yeah. ball? And I think they can. Um I think it makes a really fun stack. I think I'm gonna have a couple lineups stack in this game. And I think it'll be a, a little uh a little more under the radar than the top two games on the slate.
2: Mm-hmm. And similarly to this Detroit Oakland game that you have, like the quarterback the price and the quarterbacks are so different that yep. you can build like a decent number of of differentiating lineups even while stacking the same game.
1: Exactly. So someone stack someone could absolutely stack Chargers, Packers, like you said, and they go Rivers and I go Rogers, and it's it you look like a different looking stack. So right. it's uh both those are fun games. Uh let's jump down to the past receivers in the in uh, in for these quarterbacks. Uh starting at the top with with the with the Bucks Seahawks games. I think these are the these the, kind of three receivers that are super interesting here. We have Tyler Lockett, we have Chris Godwin, and we have Mike Evans. Uh Lockett's 75 75 on our DraftKings, more than more than Godwin and Evans. Uh, Godwin and Evans are significantly more than than Lockett on FanDuel. They're 82 and 8100, where Lockett is 7500. Uh, how do you feel about the pass catchers in this game? You know, I, I highlight them because we have we're missing a lot of guys. You know, Julio's uh, not in the slate. DeAndre Hopkins is not in the slate. Michael Thomas is not in the slate. Um, so these three guys in this one game kind of are the top three guys. Uh, you know, at least when you look at that uh, kind of rankings each week.
2: The blatant disrespect for DK Metcalf is astonishing.
1: Uh it is. He's way down there. It's weird. DK Metcalf. I mean, from touchdowns. you. Oh no! I'll get there. I, just, I was just doing the—I was just doing the expensive guys. Oh,
2: okay. Because I was like, there, there are I, more than I, three I, guys in this game here.
1: I am definitely getting to DK Metcalf. I was just going with the with a top tier of pricing. Sorry. Okay,
2: okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, they're all great. Don't, uh, I
1: don't want DK Metcalf mad at me in any way. That <laughs> is um, a large human. I made some
2: lineup where that had all four of them. Um, oh wow! So it's doable um, with the uh, with either quarterback um I was going to say with Devlin Hodges as a quarterback. No no no, you can do either quarterback. <laughs> it's obviously um the, the end result with with Wilson is a little less cuz you get there's a $1000 difference on DraftKings right. between Wilson and and um Winston. But uh I think I, I just really struggle. I, I've seen some stuff that this is going to be a Godwin week because Seattle's better um defending um wide receivers out wide as opposed to Godwin was more in the slot and so Um, That almost makes me feel like maybe I will stay with Evans because everybody thinks Godwin's going to be so much better this week. It's just super frustrating to like not see them both perform well in the same game. Like the cumulative stats are so good. And yet the stats together just aren't there.
1: I mean, we talk about passing trees and all that kind of stuff. This is like the most narrow passing tree I've seen in a long time. Godwin Evans, both are over 60 targets. No one on the Buccaneers has more than 25 targets otherwise. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and, that, and that's Darre. I'm not going to say his last name. He has 24. But uh, it's amazing to me that every single pass goes to one of these two guys.
2: And yet we still don't have like this run of,
1: um, of good games of them doing yeah. it together. I mean, mm-hmm. Evans is 17 and 12 targets last week. And the week before that, he had three targets for no catches. Like, it's just crazy how... Uh, it's Jameis, though. Jameis gets locked in on a guy and just keeps going back to him. I mean, Godwin has 43 targets last four weeks. He has over 120 yards in four of seven games. But like you said, it's hard to figure out, Um, you know, you know, looking at stats and analytically, which one of the two guys should do, do better that week. It seems like this kind of what Jameis feels like.
2: Yeah. The, I mean, the argument this week is that Godwin plays in the slot, and that's where you beat the, right. the Seahawks. But, yeah, I mean, you just... And it's not like the the guy who doesn't uh get targeted as much gets like no targets like uh last week Evans out targeted him 12-8 17 12 the week before but then before that 3-9 meaning yep. Godwin out targeted him 7 and 14 the week before
1: 15-5 like it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big gap between targets and it, 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 it there seems to be no real rhyme or reason to it.
2: Yeah, I think you you kind of nailed it there with like the it's it's less about matchup and it's more like or Winston gets comfortable with the guy early and like he's that's where he's gone. And so, um, again, the argument is that it's a Godwin week. And so maybe that's where you go, but like, it's just, it's astonishing to see the cumulative stats and not be like, yeah, let me just get both guys because of course they both will do well.
1: So is it a Tyler Lockett week? It, I know how you, I know how you feel about his targets, and they're they're not high. He hasn't topped seven targets the last five weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't play him in cash.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to say it. I mean, they, he's super efficient with his targets. Yeah. I mean, he has over fifty yards in, in all those games the last five weeks with only seven targets. I just think this becomes a factor if Tampa Bay can hang in there or not. You know, if he if they can hang in there, those targets are going to go up because he's going to get second half targets where a lot of their games. You know, if they shut it down and hand the ball to Chris Carson all second half, he doesn't. Uh, I think this kind of becomes a shootout that, that I, I do like Tyler Lockett this week. I think he's. I think you said it right. I think he's cash game probably no, but um, GPP. I'm a big fan of his this week.
2: Yeah, I don't want to give Chris List too much credit, but at the beginning before the season,
1: don't never never do that. He
2: was um he was one of the people that was like, I don't think that Lockett will get this explosion of of targets that everybody else was expecting because they were like, oh Doug Baldwin. He's gone, and then all these targets are going to lock it, and he's so efficient that will make. And even even if he had a drop in efficiency, the volume is going to make up for it. And Chris was kind of like, it's very possible that that does not happen, that the targets kind of get spread out. They don't throw as much. And it just felt like a significant portion of the fantasy community was like, no, 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 this is the lock is going to explode. And, um, you know, Chris happened to get this one right.
1: Tyler Lockett is awesome. There is no he's doubt great. about that. I and mean, he's so good, but just the way they use him is not, you know, built for, um, you know, fantasy consistency week after week. But, uh, I think, I think he's going to be a couple big catches this week. I like that. Uh, I, I like this to be a back and forth game. Uh, he's definitely gonna be in some lineups for me, but, uh, in a cash lineup, I think I, I definitely, I definitely see your point. Yeah.
2: I mean, I had a really difficult time picking out cash, uh, wide receivers this week. And, it part of it is that I usually don't pay up for wide receivers. I did last week um, with Michael Thomas, but like, like you said, like we usually have Thomas. We have Hopkins, nice, uh, nice, nice humble brag, nice humble
1: brag. There. <clears throat> yeah.
2: So like, you're if if you are somebody who pays up for wide receivers, um, or even just one, like you usually have one, and all of the guys that you usually consider are not here. Cooper Cup isn't here. Yep. And you look at this lit, like when the s- salaries came out,
1: I can't be Cooper cup is in that top tier. Now that's why, but, yeah, yes. oh yeah.
2: <laughs> but like when you, so yeah. I heard this like on Monday morning and everyone's like, Oh my Kenny Galladay is the second most expensive wide receiver. And you're like, that's, I mean, what? Like that can't be right. And you like go in 7,700 is, is in that upper tier. Although usually the Hopkins and, and Thomas and Julio are slightly above 8,000 or at 8,000. And you look down and you're like, the number one wide receiver playing against the Raiders in a game that has a, dec- a pretty high total probably should be around seventy seven hundred, but who wants to pay seventy seven hundred for Kenny Galladay? And you're like, it just feels a little overpriced. And then you're look, you keep going, and you're like, all right, Godwin and Evans are there, um, Lockett. Like, I, you just for particularly for me in cash games, like it's tough to do that. Tyreek Hill. Uh, at seventy four hundred isn't nearly as attractive with with uh, Matt Moore, and then but you keep going down. You are like, oh, there is Allen Robinson. You are like, wait, sixty eight hundred? Like, <laughs> yep. yeah. I am not going to pay sixty eight hundred for. It. And you just keep going down the list, and all of a sudden you are like sub five thousand, and you are like, wait, I, are there really no wide receivers above that that you want to play? And you kind of go back, and you are like, there are guys that make sense in the situation, but they they just all feel kind of overpriced this week. And I think that's why. Um, when you're like, oh, I like this guy at 4,500 or 4,900. And then you look and you're like, maybe I can play cook and McCaffrey. And I think that's why you end up going there as opposed to like wanting to play cook and McCaffrey. It's like, do I want to pay this slightly overpriced $5,300 receiver? Or do I just want to go down to 4,500 and now I can play McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point. A really good uh, take on the overall slate is like you said. It's a week when you don't have any of the studs, so everybody they have to they have to move somebody up in that range. Right. I mean. Galladay at 7,700 is tough to stomach, but does have eight-plus targets in every game, but that weird game two weeks ago where Marvin Jones had 12 touchdowns over every head. Galladay was 6 for 123 and two touchdowns last week, kind of the most obvious bounce-back ever after the big Marvin Jones week. Mm-hmm. Uh, last series against Oakland, DeAndre Hopkins had 100 yards. Marquez valdez scantly had 133. Allen Robinson had two touchdowns week before that. So Oakland's obviously... Giving it up. Uh, I don't have a problem with Galladay. I mean, 7700 does feel expensive, but it's just because there's nobody else there. But, you know, if I play Stafford, it's going to be with Galladay. I I like him more than Marvin Jones, at least.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. But I I think you kind of said it right there. You're like, I don't want to pay that for Galladay, but like on this slate, maybe you you just do. And, um,
1: what about uh, what about either Vikings receiver? We talked about how we talked about how we like Dalvin Cook. We talked about Cousins a little bit. Um, Diggs is seventy six hundred. Adam Thielen you mentioned is the, is the most expensive. The one. Most, you mentioned yeah. Galladay second. Thielen seventy eight hundred. Uh, price differently on Fanduel. Uh, Diggs is seventy nine hundred on Fanduel, but se- Thielen's seventy one hundred on Fanduel. Hmm. Uh, do you like either Viking this week? Do you like one more than the other? It, it's it's kind of hard to figure when they're when when they're both playing. Which way yeah. to go? Because Diggs has been awesome lately.
2: Diggs has been awesome, and I feel like I I always end up playing Thielen just because. The, the targets are, are more reliable when they're both playing. Right. But they're, it's the same spot. Like, what am I, do I really want to pay up? Uh, and now I'm like having to pay down possibly a quarterback or running back in order to get in Adam Thielen. Um, this is not paying up to get in Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins. And so I Patrick,
1: I. Patrick Mahomes has to play for me to consider either guy.
2: I think that's the right, the right move. Yeah. And I think that yeah. applies to Hill also. Like, I, there's no way. Yeah, I, I, I agree, 7, too. I think
1: I just think that if if, if you're going to get a back-and-forth game in this game and you like uh, you like that to happen with Mahomes, um, I could see playing Diggs with Thielen. I think i go go uh, – oh, that's a t- tough one which to go. I would definitely go Thielen on FanDuel and just save the 800 yeah, bucks well and kind of, make, it, yeah. kind of make it easy there. I mean, his last two full games, 13 catches, 187 yards, three touchdowns. Then he got hurt. He caught the touchdown. Then he got hurt his hamstring a couple weeks ago. Um, sounds like he's going to play. Diggs has been over 140 yards the last three weeks. I mean, he's just been on fire – uh, I think I probably I probably lean Thielen this week myself, too. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I, I think that's the way I will lean and lean myself off of both of them.
1: So down a little ways. How do you feel? We talked about this Packers uh, charge game a little bit. How do you feel about Keenan Allen? All, price all the way down to sixty four hundred on DraftKings. The targets are back up the last two weeks. He has 21 targets the last two weeks, but has not done much with them. He has 11 catches for 104 yards total in those, or 114. I think it, it was one of the two. Uh, I like the game script here. The yardage has been really bad with Keenan Allen, though. I don't know if it's Rivers uh, throwing the ball downfield has been problematic. I don't know if they're, the offensive line and Rivers getting the ball really quickly is a, has kind of killed Allen moving downfield at all. But it, it's been pretty gross for about five weeks for Keenan Allen.
2: I, I think Allen in a vacuum is fine, but I like Mike Williams, who's like, Eighteen hundred less on DraftKings, yep. Um, Much more for the price, and so I'd rather just play Williams.
1: The old, uh, the old Mike Williams touchdown regression play, huh? (laughs) Has to happen, right? I mean,
2: regardless, has has
1: not has not scored this year, and he's like a big red zone kind of guy. Yeah,
2: he has. uh, I believe I read today five targets inside the five yard line this season. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I mean, he's essentially a wide receiving Leonard Fournette in terms of touchdowns.
1: Fade pattern, fade pattern, fade pattern, fade pattern. Uh, field goal, right.
2: Um, but, I mean, his yardage is basically the same as Allen's, despite, like, half the targets, which obviously, like, targets are more valuable in, in the long run here. But um, I don't know. I just – I don't see a reason to pay 6400 for Allen when I can pay 46 for Williams on DraftKings. Um, and, like, is Juju that bad for 100 less?
1: Am I, like uh, – I mean – that was last week. Was the first week where he really he first got, first time he got nine targets in the game all year. I mean, yeah. I think the big problem with Juju is not you know how he's played, but really just volume. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I like I like him. I love Juju. I just don't know if I trust Mason Rudolph. But sixty three hundred on DraftKings seems really cheap for Juju Smith. I never think we never thought we'd get there quite this year. But uh, the Colts are twenty eighth in the NFL in, in fancy points allowed to wide receiver one. So yeah, I think it's a. An interesting spot in the name. Maybe people just kind of scroll by these days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to play him,
2: but but, um, it seems like something that like we should be paying attention to at least just because like you said, he's a lot cheaper. Uh, He's, I mean, being 1500 less than Kenny Gallagher or 1400 is seems like a big jump, but
1: he's definitely on my list in a game script that I think they're gonna be trailing in the game. So I I do, I do like the situation. Uh, I just, you know, Do you trust Mason Rudolph to throw the ball? But uh, there is that. But, uh, yeah, I think Juju's playable at 6,300. We mentioned Allen Robinson, 6,800, seven-plus targets in all seven games. Uh, They have – Philly's given up some big games to wide receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper had a big game two weeks ago, and Stephon Diggs had 167-3 and against them the week before that. Wide receiver ones overall have owned the Eagles pretty well. I just – I hate going to Mitchell Trubisky, but Robinson has been his guy pretty much all year.
2: That's – Trubisky's the only reason I'm hesitating on that. Uh, Robinson's also priced high enough where you're probably not playing cook or McCaffrey. If you have them, um, it just, I feel like everything just kind of cascades down. Um, right. Like if you don't want to play Robinson and you're like, all right, well, what about Allen? And you're like, well, if I, I don't really want to play Allen. So you keep scrolling down and you have like Cortland Sutton who is really the only guy left. But again, we have another Allen throwing, uh, passes to him. Uh, and none of the Allens are ones that you want to be part of. So you're like, all right, I don't really want to play him. Metcalf is there, but the volume for cash really isn't there. And Then nope. you go down, and you get these the Jets guys, which, I mean, they're fine. Like Crowder is the cash game guy, even though like the the targets aren't that pro- that prolific recently. R- Robbie Anderson's the the upside guy, and if you don't want to rely on the Jets. Then you're like you're still going down. Sammy Watkins, who you would never play with Matt Moore, even at 4,900, but and now you're sub 5,000. And you so you've already you've gone from Allen Robinson at 6,800, and you've convinced yourself like maybe I should just play these guys like Danny Amendola and Mike Williams, and the the Miami receivers Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and you're like not that Devontae Parker at 4,400 is as good as as Allen Robinson, but there's like, what is the realistic difference between their their projections? Is it five points? And if it's five points, uh, is may, maybe not even. Is maybe. it not right? Yeah, exactly. And so if it's if you're only getting a five point difference, and now you're like, all right, well, I'm doing that. I'm paying up for Robinson so that instead of playing Dalvin Cook, I'm playing Le'Veon Bell or Nick Chubb. Uh, is that worth it? I don't know if it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good point and a good way to look at an overall slate. And You know, that stuff matters. Uh, you mentioned Robbie Anderson. I do like him at 5,500 on DraftKings. Great matchup, obviously. He's getting a lot of targets with Darnold back. He has 22 targets the last three weeks. And Miami... He was lit up by, by Juju and Deontay Johnson last week, and John Brown the week before that. Uh, Terry McLaurin was four for 102 touchdowns three weeks ago. Uh, I think the opportunity there for Robin, for Anderson is really big this week. Uh, a couple of big plays. I think it's uh, he's got a lot of upside this week. The floor is never great with Robbie Anderson. I fully get that, but uh, in terms of upside, under six thousand on DraftKings, I think Anderson's probably my top upside receiver this week. Like for price or overall? For price. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going upside with him over Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those guys, but okay. I think at 5500, I think the number is enough where not everybody's going to gravitate towards him. If he was 4500, I think he'd be really popular. Um, I like Preston Williams in that game a lot too. He's 4200 on DraftKings. Uh, the Jets are obviously much better against the run. Uh, Brett Williams has fifteen targets the last two weeks with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's very involved. Ten catches for one hundred twenty-four yards. You know, not huge, but enough where you're like at forty-two hundred. That's good volume. There's upside there. He's really talented. The Jets gave up one hundred eighty-two yards, and two touchdowns last week to, to Chris Conley and DJ Chark. So it's not like they're stopping anybody. Um, I think Williams is my favorite cheap receiver, and then Anderson. You know, if you look kind of if you want to call that the mid-range, my favorite guy in that range. I, I think this game. Like I said before, I don't think is in play. I think it's gonna be interesting. There's actually a guy under five thousand I like a lot that you haven't even mentioned yet when you did your under five thousand guys, uh, and that's DJ Moore with Carolina. Mm. Uh, he's forty eight hundred on DraftKings. He's a really popular guy in the early in the in the preseason, the early season. Has not done a lot, so he's kind of dropped down. Cam Newton obviously is not playing, and apparently not close to playing from a report earlier this yeah, really? morning that <laughs> he's not. He's not even like really nothing's going well in his rehab. I don't know if we're gonna see Cam Newton anytime soon. Doesn't sound like, but. It. You, D.J. Moore has uh, 27 targets the last three weeks playing with Kyle Allen. Uh, Mike Evans, we talked about, obviously destroyed uh, destroyed them uh, the Titans last week. Uh, that was the first guy over 100 yards on them. I get that, but uh, he did uh, he did show something there. Uh, D.J. Moore only has one touchdown on year. I just kind of feel like a, like a big game is coming for him. I feel like that some touchdown is coming. I just think D.J. Moore is good, and if I can get someone that's good who I genuinely think is good under 5,000 on DraftKings, uh, it becomes very interesting to me very quickly. He's 5,400 on FanDuel. I like him there too. I think everybody's going to scroll by DJ Moore this week, and I don't think people, a lot of people are going to play him. I like him a lot this week. The the targets
2: aren't that much higher than Curtis Samuel, though.
1: They are. Mm. Uh, I, I think And I think Samuel's fine if you're a Samuel guy. I just think DJ Moore is uh, – I like DJ Moore more as a player. Okay. Um, I just think he's really good. And whenever I get in a situation where I think someone's really good and they've kind of dropped down, dropped down, dropped down, I really like to jump on them. Under 5,000 for a player that I, I, I think is a really good player is just something I tend to do. Okay,
2: that's fair. So, you like him more than like Amandola? I know nobody I ever like gets it. like really excited about Amandola, but
1: but uh, 105 and 95 yards the last yeah. two weeks, 11 and 8 targets the last two weeks. Uh, I like DJ Moore uh, more this week. Uh, sorry, more, more. Uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't begrudge him from going back to Amandola. He's just been a little up and down, and the last two weeks have been good. And then, you know, week one was great, and then nothing for a while. Yeah. Uh, I would go DJ Moore just based on I think he's a way better player with a lot more upside. Okay, that's fair. I see it. Uh, and then Mike Williams, you mentioned, was my other guy in this range. You kind of already hit on him. Hasn't scored the touchdown all year. Does have 12 targets last couple of weeks, seven catches for 116 yards. I just like this as a game script game. I think this game is going to get back and forth. I think the Chargers are going to have to score to stick with Green Bay. And I, I think Mike Williams is going to have to. You mentioned the red zone targets. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to break through at some point here.
2: <laughs> I hate, like, having to be that guy. but
1: Of course. I've been that
2: guy with Leonard Fournette all season, so. May as well yeah, jump you on give Mike me, Williams.
1: uh, you give me DJ Moore and then like, uh, two of DJ Moore, Mike Williams and Preston Williams. Then with a little Robbie Anderson in there and then pay up for one guy is probably where I'm going to end up in my right when my, my wide receivers this week.
2: But, and, and that's kind of the cash, like a cash build right there with like, if you do more Williams and, or you do both Williams's or Parker instead, if you go that way, but like, right. if you So when you have those guys, um, and now you're like, oh, I can play Cook and Bell or uh, Chubb and McCaffrey. Um, Like, wouldn't you rather that than instead of playing, now you're, instead of those two, now you're playing like Chubb and Bell and Keenan Allen or Allen Robinson? Like, I just don't see the, I feel like you're losing out on floor so much um, by completely skipping Cook or McCaffrey um, to get just Bell and Chubb who, are fine, but they're yeah. not cooking. If, the you, if
1: you're asking if I like cook and DJ more, more than uh, bell and Keenan Allen. Absolutely. Right.
2: There you go. Yeah. There you
1: go. Yeah. That's uh, I think when you go two V two in that situation, I like, I like both Williams and DJ more enough that, and I like the running back so much at the top that I, if I pair those guys together, it's a, it's a pretty easy two for two for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's jump down to tight ends and defense real quick. I've actually got to jump here, but, uh, first a note from our sponsor stash, Your fantasy winnings are going to need a game plan. Put them to work on Stash, and you'll get an extra $5 to start investing. Over 3 million Americans invest, bank, and save with Stash, all in one easy-to-use app. On Stash, you can buy pieces of stocks and funds for just $5 at a time. And unlike some other micro-investing apps, you get to build your own portfolio. Your Stash also includes access to a smarter, simpler bank account that actually works with your investment account and can help you save and spend smarter. Want to build for a better financial future? Stash also offers retirement accounts and investing accounts for kids. Stash can even help teach you how to save and invest confidently with simple guides, articles, challenges, and personalized guidance. Stash is the financial home for all your money leads, and they'll even give you $5 to invest if you join today. Stash, one app, an unlimited opportunity. Investment advisory service is offered by Stash Investments LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Debit account service is provided by Green.Bank, member FDIC. Uh, Andrew, how do you feel about uh, tight ends this week? It looks like uh, we've got you know Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey on the top, and maybe some Hunter Henry. Uh, Zach Ertz priced way down at forty seven hundred. Then maybe Jonu Smith on the cheap side. Uh, how do you feel about uh, this group this week?
2: I think Waller is the clear top guy. Um, Ertz is going to be popular because he's cheap. Although, if you can get uh, Dallas Goddard for thirty one hundred, the guy who's actually scoring the touchdowns, I think that's. Yep a reasonable thought, although I think Ertz is better. Um, And I don't think anybody should play Ryan Griffin.
1: (laughs) I don't think anybody should play Ryan Griffin either. Ertz is the one that really jumped out to me. 4,700 draftings against a situation where you're like, you know, the good player twice low, but I looked more and they're clearly using Zach Goddard more in the red zone. Ertz has one red zone target all year. He only has nine targets last two weeks, four catches, 58 yards, hasn't topped 75 yards all year. Mm Um, I think they're making a mistake about not uh, not using Zach Ertz in a in a, in a better way, but it's just uh it, you know it's 8 weeks is enough where we can see that they're not really using him the way they were last year.
2: Yeah, I think I mean, he has earned his $4700 price when he was 67 exactly. whatever, to say whatever it. it was earlier. Yeah. Um I think John Jonu Smith is a trap. I thought that oh. last week. Um oh. There, uh it was in um Jerry Donabedian's hidden stat line uh, article this week, although I've seen it elsewhere, that uh, Anthony Ferkser is actually running more routes than Smith. And it's one of those situations where, like, Smith happens to be getting targeted on the times that he does run routes. But, like, he's, he, he of the Titans wide or tight ends, he is running fewer routes than the other guy. And so at 3,800, um, like, I guess he makes sense. Uh, it's astonishing to me that TJ Hawkinson is not what he was in week one, like it, not that like week, I mean, week one was obviously very fluky, but like, I, I'm astonished at how fluky it is like 131 yards uh, in week one. And he hasn't hit 33 since then. Um, and so like, this seems like the situation you'd want to play him, but I just don't know how you do it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think Waller is really jumping out and I'm like, it seems silly to, pay up for a tight end, but Waller is basically a wide receiver, and if you're playing car, uh, obviously that uh correlation is there. And I think Waller is actually better than Keenan Allen or Juju like the the wide receivers in the similar price range, I think Waller makes more sense.
1: Do you like uh if if Mahomes plays, do you still like Waller more than Travis Kelsey for six hundred dollars less? Uh yeah. Okay. Uh, Kelsey does have 50 plus yards in seven to eight weeks, only two touchdowns. It feels like another guy that maybe some of the touchdowns are coming. Uh, that's a tough one for me. I mean, Waller has 16 targets the last two weeks, obviously heavily involved in that Raiders offense. He only had two catches last week, uh, but this is a, this is a really good game script against the lions. We like, we like this as a back and forth game. Uh, I can see Wall there. I think, I think on, on FanDuel, Kelsey's cheaper. I, he's a hundred dollars cheaper. I think I would lean towards Kelsey there. Um, and definitely Kelsey over Ertz on Fandle because he's only, you know, Ertz is 6,000 That's still crazy. on Fandle. He hasn't really dropped that much. Um, on a side note, Anthony Fruxer is a name that I'm scared to say on podcasts. A lot.
2: <laughs> I had to like, I actually pulled it up on the screen to like make sure that I just like read it <laughs> and pronounced it so that I didn't I didn't mess it up.
1: Yeah, I think I probably will. Uh, I probably will dabble in Ertz a little bit on DraftKings of forty seven hundred. Just you know, I think there's there's too much upside kind of built in. There it hasn't happened yet, but I think I'll play him a little bit. But um, I think I'm with you. I think I'm I'm probably Waller and Kelsey on a bunch of teams and kind of pay up there and pay pay down at receiver, uh, or you know, especially if Jalen Samuels plays. I think I can afford the the more expensive tight end this week.
2: Yeah, I mean nobody's going to be shocked if Zach Ertz has a good game. Like we we've seen him have good games, so it's just exactly. like the. He's just coming back. It's not like this week one. TJ Hawkinson out of nowhere. Like we know Ertz's value, and if he has a good game,
1: then there it is. And I agree on Jonu Smith. I'd go. I'd play Eric Ebron for two dollars cheaper before I played Jonu. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. So, lastly, on defenses, uh, there are some interesting ones this week. There's uh, there's two defenses I like that are three thousand and cheaper on yes. FanDuel. But I'm gonna let you go first. Are there any? Uh, any defenses are oh, starting sorry, DraftKings the 3000 less. Is there any uh, defenses you really love this week for the price?
2: Um, the Steelers oh, are number one okay. for me. Wow. Uh, and the Broncos are right behind them. 2429. We, uh, we, were,
1: we were definitely different on those. That's interesting.
2: Good. Yeah. So, um, the Steelers, uh, have 11 fantasy points in five straight games and just one touchdown. So 17 turnovers and 19 sacks in this run. Um, and they're at home. Like, I'm not sure why only they're the sixth cheapest defense on a slate. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I just think Jacoby Reset and the way they run that offense does not lead them to uh, a lot of, uh, you know, dramatic and bad mistakes the way they okay. don't take a lot of risks. That's fair.
2: That's fair. Um, the sacks. But I think
1: but I think the price is certainly right. The
2: right. It. I mean, if they were thirty four hundred, I wouldn't even think about it. So right. uh, the price is always con- uh, doing it for me. And the Broncos at twenty nine hundred. Like I've just seen Baker Mayfield enough where I'm like I'm okay with taking defenses against him under three thousand.
1: Yeah, my only concern there would be if the Browns get up. They just run the ball a lot in the second half, and it kind of takes away from mistakes. But you're right. Baker makes has been made made a lot of bad decisions. Yeah,
2: I mean he's it's I mean it's, he's not nearly as bad as Jameis Winston, but like they, right. you go in, who is Jameis playing this week? And that's fine. And I think the Seahawks this week are perfectly good at thirty six
1: hundred. So my uh, my two that I like in the in the cheap range is uh, are the Eagles at three thousand on the DraftKings. Uh, they have seven sacks the last two weeks. The Bears have allowed ten sacks the last week, and so they, they they've uh, they've turned the ball over too. I just think that anytime I can go against Mitchell Trubisky I was right just about now, saying, you're doing
2: the same thing, but with Trubisky, I have, yeah.
1: Yeah, same thing with Trubisky. I just think that I'm uh, if I can get for three thousand to go against Trubisky, uh, I just like the chances of him making a bad mistake. I also like Carolina this week, kind of bouncing back after that uh, Niners debacle last week against Tennessee. Twenty eight hundred on DraftKings. The Panthers have ten sacks the last two weeks, kind of hidden in their their fifty one points they get if They do have ten sacks. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been pretty good for Tennessee, but I think he's going to make some mistakes too. They've allowed seventeen sacks the last four weeks. Whew. I just think when you get, you're going to get some pressure in this game for sure. When you get that, you get fumbles, you get interceptions. Uh, I think Carolina at 2,800 is really well priced. Um, I like Seattle, too, but the 3,600 on DraftKings, I have trouble paying up for that. Uh, you know, Just the Jameis Winston thing. I think in Seattle, in that crowd noise, in that stadium, he's probably going to make some really ill-advised passes. Mm-hmm. They've allowed 16 sacks the last three weeks. Uh, Tampa Bay has. So uh, if you want to pay up a little bit, I like Seattle, but uh, Carolina's probably my favorite one. They're, four, they're only 4,000 on Fandle, too, so they're, they're cheaper on Fandle, too. Uh, I think I'm Philly and Carolina this week, and I'm probably going to look at your Steelers one a little bit uh, deeper, too, when we get off. Love it. Love it. Cool. Uh, no, uh, no love for the Jets defense. No. Yeah, thirty five hundred. They priced them up against Miami. I was hoping they're gonna be really cheap, and I would uh, I'd think about it based on the fact that Miami just turns the ball over so much. But uh, I'm more Aaron likely to play Miami
2: sets. at twenty seven hundred.
1: Yeah, I just I, I thought thirty five hundred was uh, was an overpriced there, so I was probably gonna be in void there. Yeah, agree. Cool. Anybody else that uh, you want to discuss? I feel like we're, for a ten game slate, we kind of hit it all pretty good. Yeah, and I'm I'm good. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody listening for the to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We always greatly appreciate that. If You want to follow Andrew on Twitter? He's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. We thank Yahoo Fantasy Sports for their sponsorship. Uh, every, each and every week it has been fantastic. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week, and I will be at you next week. Take care.
3: It's happening daily. mypatriotsupply.com